Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. We've had another crazy idea for weird things to do on this podcast. We've talked about this before, and honestly, the reason it's come back up is twofold. Father's Day is coming up this Sunday. Yeah. And also, my son keeps bugging me about it. Because he wants he really? to be on the podcast. Yes, he keeps saying, Mom was on. When am I going to be oh, on? Oh, right. And it's also because you and I are a little bit frightened because he could do a four-hour podcast on his own. We could just shut we could the door. We could just not be saying anything. He would just four hours worth of, of words coming out of my little man. Telling you. So uh, we are actually planning on that. I'm hoping he's going to be on part of the podcast. But this Thursday's recording for Friday is going to be a special Father's Day podcast. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a section of it where we talk with my son about he, – he's 11. He's about to be a sixth grader – about – Cars and cars perception, both from him and also from kids his age. I'm looking forward to talking with him about that. But the other key element, in fact, a large element of this podcast in celebration of Father's Day is if you've got kids and they have car questions, we want your kids' car questions. And it can be basic, basic stuff. It really can. We have no requirements for it having a certain level. If if your kids have questions, if your kids are curious about cars or curious why you love cars, it's the same as the spouse thing we did in in Valentine's. Right, right. But it's for kids. We want to make it as kid accessible as possible. If your kids have kid questions about cars, hey, your your five year old has a very highbrow engine code question. I'll try to tackle it. I you know, (laughs) we'll take them all on. So it is about gonna be Questions from your kids in honor of Father's Day coming this Thursday for recording for this Friday release. Good news, everyone. Lexus has come up with a new interface. They have, yes. And our writer, Nate Kuhn, mm-hmm. was at the premiere for Toyota and Lexus products, mm-hmm. and he writes all about it at everydaydriver.com under writing. Mm-hmm. And big thanks to all of our authors doing all the yeah, writing, yeah, the yeah. articles on there. They've got some great ideas. There's also Eric D., who is going to be writing about the Mercedes S-Class. He mm-hmm. went to that launch as yep. well. And uh, really exciting to see the new interface that will make me not hate a car the instant that I get into it. Well, well, it's funny you say that because just this weekend I was talking to somebody about the Lexus LC500, which we both like. Mm-hmm. It's not a car mm-hmm. that really is our kind of car, you and I. It's not the kind of car you and I would buy. Right. But it's very good. Okay? Yeah. So if you're, the, if you're yeah. in the market for that kind of thing, it's excellent as a big GT Cruiser. And we've gotten this, I got this long discussion with a guy who's genuinely considering one. It's cool. Yeah. And we came around mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, took us a ways. We came around the corner to slowly be like, yeah, the interface is bad. I mean, the, everything else about the car was like, high point, high point, high point. Everything about this is good for you. And he was like, I hate the interface. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I said, the new one's coming, but it's not here yet. But they are going to trickle it through the entire lineup. It is a total, total fix. They, they've worked yeah. very hard on it. Yeah. Nate was actually really excited about it when he got the chance to interact with it. We're excited to, to work with it ourselves. But we and Many others have complained, which is why Lexus went back to the drawing board. Square yes. one, here we go. Yeah, They even admitted it sucked. Yeah, for sure. And they're yep. doing just wiping it out, which yep. is great. So it's all new, fresh thinking, and it looks great. So that actually debuted uh, just recently, and his article, Nate's article, is really good. Also good news, the Ford Maverick pickup has been introduced, and I thought that if the all-electric performance version mm. is released – then I've, I've thought of the logo. Oh, no. It could be Tom Cruise riding a dinosaur holding a bolt of lightning. Maverick. I get you. Raptor. I get you, yeah. All electric. <laughs> it's a jolting thought, isn't, don't you think? Stop. Stop. You've been working on that all day, and now I'm horrified. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the pickup itself is the pickup that people 
would use the pickup that people actually will need. It's this one and the Santa Cruz joining the Ridgeline yeah. as the line of pickups that make actual sense for real-world usage. Not Now, look, if you're yep. towing a house that masquerades as a trailer that sits in your, has your, horses your, in your yard otherwise. Right. You're towing a huge house. You're towing a monster boat that should have just remained in the ocean. I understand you might need the 350, whatever it is. Most people don't. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yes. Most people never use it except for as a big tow vehicle. So th- the thing is, if you, if you like pickup usage, but you don't need that crazy tow capacity, the Ridgeline has been in a class by itself as like the pickup that rides normally and is what you need. We've talked about that before. Yes. And it came out as a unibody, and now mm-hmm. here we are with a yeah. unibody, and the Santa Cruz is going to be mm-hmm. unibody. Guess yep. what? No break between the cab and yep. the bed. Speaking of the bed, Ford has designed the all-new flex bed, which is actually pretty uh. impressive. It's a bit like everyone's first apartment. You know how you figured out you could <laughs> do the life hacks and string up Christmas lights all year long so it would get that. that nice ambient yes. lighting? I totally And those rheostat IKEA lights that bounce the light off the ceiling, and mm. everybody had those. Oh, and yeah. All these little cheap life hacks. But it's good <laughs> because the tailgate has a cleat slash bottle opener along with 12-volt power and another 110-volt power outlet, which is mm-hmm. optional. But it has ways to put lumber to divvy up the bed. So you can lay them flat, the two-by-fours, across. <laughs> <laughs> Widthwise, it's got bed tie downs and threaded holes and multi-position tailgates and C channels for all the hooks that you can add. So you can really customize it. But it's, yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, it's like your first apartment. You're like, I can't afford to do that. I need an electrician to do that. So I'm just going to run a giant extension cord with a power strip plugged into another power strip plugged into another one to <laughs> power all my crap in that corner, yeah, the yeah, yeah. stereo and the lighting. So it, it sounds like that, but it's going to be useful. Uh-huh. I like it a lot because... Ford is acknowledging the future of the pickup truck. This is what you need. Mm -hmm. And they figured out, and it's just like any good product designer who goes to see where the products are made and used and Mm. then goes back and Mm. designs. It's not just, well, I think this is just going to be awesome, so let's do that. We talked talked before about the fact that the average person buys more pickup than they need, just like the average person buys more sports car than they need. Yeah. Okay? And and so sports cars can do tons of things. Like, newsflash, 700 horsepower, you don't need that. 700 horsepower, okay. you don't need that. Don't you, you, just, you just do. don't need that. I don't know what to do with 700 horsepower. But at the same time, we all laugh and, and cackle and it's look for fun. them to put it in yet another car. So it's exactly. the same kind of thinking. I totally get it. I will be curious to see what this does, does to the Ridgeline sales because the Ridgeline, we actually just dr- drove it for a test mm-hmm. drive coming up. Yep. They've finally fixed the styling of the current Ridgeline to make it look more aggressive and more truck-like, which True. it needed to do. This second gen has actually been great, but it's looked too soft. They've fixed it. We have a test drive coming. Now this Ford still looks like a decent truck. The Santa Cruz looks interesting. I'm curious about this market segment. I'm also curious, to your point, are we going to have all-electric versions? But this this Maverick starts cheap, too. It's like 20 grand to start. Yeah. It comes in two hybrid, well, two powertrains. One is hybrid, mm-hmm. and you can get the EcoBoost, the two-liter with 250 horsepower. Yeah. Your towing capacity goes up. It's still 1,500 pounds bed payload rating, which is, I think, the Ridgeline, about similar to the Ridgeline. Yeah, similar, yeah. Because it has independent rear suspension, but it just looks to be useful. Mm-hmm. It's not overdone. It's just simple, clean. Notice that. It's just a, the classic three-box pickup shape. Mm-hmm. When children draw a pickup, they've driven the brand new Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mom, pickup. Yes, simple. it's a Maverick. Good job. <laughs> Good, honey. You you could be a car designer. I'm saying, I I think it's really on point with mm. what consumers will realize that they need. Mm. Yeah, I think that's good. So well done, Ford. 
We've got a lot of car conclusions, and thank you guys for writing to us with yeah. all these conclusions, proving that people are indeed listening and which is very cool. You know, really rethinking well, all it, of their that it's their helpful buying. more than anything. That's what I love about all these. Yeah, for sure. First of all, we've got Martin L from episode five seventy four who says the prolonged purchase price from that episode has been concluded. Now, we should back up. This was uh, Martin's wife wrote us. She did. Elizabeth, said, yes. please, please help. Because she was concerned about having another two-year prolonged experience of, uh, honey, Straight I don't want to talk about this anymore. So we were going to try to help Martin. And I don't know if you remember this, but I, I gave him some tough love. You did. Because he has a 1996 Volkswagen GTR VR6 that kind of sits <laughs> and in my let's deal with this, let's because there was also other stuff in play, and I I kind of grouped the '96 in there and just said, what if you got rid of that? Which uh, Elizabeth said she wished she had had a recording of her husband's near visceral response when he heard me dare suggest that car should go. But I, <laughs> hey, I, sometimes I like to push buttons and just be like, can we go here? And apparently, in this case, no, we cannot. Well, we should read her response first. And she says, gentlemen, while pledging my eternal gratitude for your assistance, it might seem a bit dramatic. A bit, yes. We helped take that two-year car search down to mere months. Is that not reminiscent of superhero-level powers? Our capes come in next week. I didn't tell right. you. It's going to be awesome. I thought, no yeah. capes. I thought, well, you know. Well, you know, just, just one exception. Yeah, I guess. Okay, all right. She says, while this car buying experience for the BMW wasn't without its pain points, she no longer needs to, needs to fear random pop quizzes on cars they looked at last year. <laughs> So we have her undying gratitude. That's very funny, yeah. Elizabeth, I'm thrilled to hear that. She does say that Martin, when when he heard that yes. you suggested mm-hmm. to I sell did. this precious 96 GTI, I did. offended doesn't begin to describe his reaction. That's okay. It's all right. It was as if you'd suggested to use dish detergent on his car. Which I, I understand hurts you more than it hurts me, but yes, yes, I get it, yeah. Anyway, so perhaps she should be threatened by such obvious devotion, but she says, we'll leave that topic for another podcast. <laughs> But now they have bought a 2018 BMW M2 with 15,000 miles in fantastic condition. Martin, you did say you've only put about 500 miles on it so far. That's termed as if you're keeping it precious and undriven. The way that's written. Let's let's hope that's just because you've only had it a week. You know, not because you had it two months and I put 500 miles on it. It's like, we need to drive that car. Hopefully it's it's just because he... Got so excited, he drove it for a couple of days and had to write. <laughs> they had considered a Cayman and a C43 and an AMG GLC 43, mm-hmm. but then they realized they just wanted a small car after driving an M240i, mm. usability, fun to drive, and then they came across this M2 and bought it. So congrats to both of you. Oh, really cool, yeah. And Elizabeth says, from data overloaded car spouses everywhere, keep up the good work. Elizabeth, <laughs> thank you so great. much. Kirk Carson wrote us and let us know that uh, he's listened for seven years. Mm. He's never actually had a car debate covered, but he used the madness of listening to us for seven years to buy himself something new. And he has been car obsessed since literally studying the wheels on his stroller as a toddler. His mom tells him these stories. So he's, uh, he's been with us since 2014 when the podcast started. Unbelievable. And he Thank also you, said Kirk. over the last 16 years... Do math here real quick. You listening <laughs> along, here's here's your first number. Over the last 16 years, he's owned at least 52 cars. That's some good turnover right there. It's also because he, A, gets bored, but B, and probably the bigger factor, is the fact that he buys really cheap stuff and keeps it like six months or so until it stops working. He has uh, owned lots of cars as a result. He's owned... <laughs> 
five Crown Victorias and five Lincoln Town Cars. By the way, by the <laughs> way, those share the Panther platform. He he likes it because he can buy them cheap. They're comfy and reliable, and they do have a V8 with rear wheel drive. So he keeps buying. Let's be honest, old cop cars, and making them kind of limp along for a while. But he's thinking maybe we'll do something different. Well, he says in 2018 he needed a weekend convertible. And so he looked around before buying a CPO 2016 Mazda MX-5. He said the car checked all the right boxes, price was right. But then after a year and a half, he didn't love it anymore after much flogging. So the steering and the gearbox and the chassis says sublime. The Mm. engine had no soul. Fair. Okay. Well, then he sold his F-150 and the MX-5, bought a salsa red pearl 2011 4Runner for the daily commute. But after several accidents in the 4Runner, none of which were his fault, he had to get something else. Ended up in a 2017 Toyota Camry hybrid. (laughs) That he hated. (laughs) (laughs) Even worse than the old Cruisin' USA arcade games. That's how how much he hated it. That's how much he disliked it. What's bizarre is that CarMax calls him and said they have to buy it back two months in because there was some sort of problem with the lien on the title and Mm. they couldn't get in the title. They needed to buy it back. And he actually said, please take it. That's wonderful (laughs) news. Unbelievable. Well, he still needed a family car, so he ended up with a 2016 Passat SE Deceptively good, he says, for a family sedan. But that went to his six-foot-one-tall, 17-year-old stepson, Austin. Mm. He says he fell in love with Volkswagen due to great dealership experience and 20,000 trouble-free miles in 11 months, but he still felt the need for something more thrilling. Yeah, okay. So he gave Austin that Passat to take to George Mason University. He says he asked us some questions, track daily crush questions. We also, oh, this was the 1990 Bentley Turbo R that he had. Yeah. He has since sold to a a restorer and dealer in Chicago. I remember that question, yeah. He has looked at all the greatest hits, the Everyday Driver greatest hits, the Veloster N, Mazda 3 Turbo, and a GTI. Clearly, he was focused on hatches, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And he says, none of them fit except for the GTI. It was perfect. Mm. So he ended up with a 2021 GTI SE in Cornflower Blue. He says, Todd, you are right. Cars look better in a color. They do look better in a color. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for adding color to the world. For sure. Well, he's got the DSG, and 2,500 miles later, he's never been more in love with a car. That's fascinating to me. Unbelievable. That's really interesting. Okay. That's awesome. He says he's got the PS4 tires, the Michelin's new speed rear sway bar, the BFI dog bone insert, and he took it on a group drive with a, on a very twisty Virginia mountain road. Best driving experience of his life. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow. So... Fantastic. I love that you're working your way there. And Mm -hmm. his wife also owns her dream car, a 1984 Pontiac Fiero SE in mint condition. (laughs) 21,000 miles. He says, don't ask. It's what she wanted. That's amazing, though. Also, did you notice you completely stepped over the watch reference? I figured you would go straight to it. (laughs) While he bought this GTI and loved it, he decided to go find himself a watch. All the watch numbers are relevant to me. All the (laughs) A watch in the same shade of blue. I'm shocked you're covering it, but yes. Well, because I know it's there, and I know there are watch folks listening. I am just not among you. He loves his GTI so much, he nicknamed it, nicknamed it the Blueberry. Love it. Okay. And to go along with it, he bought a Seiko Prospects King Turtle in a lovely shade of blue that matches the car. Yay, watch, I guess. I don't know. Okay, good for you. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done. Story, Love your though. garage. Love oh, wow. And the, his dad's 2011 Lincoln Town Car with a T56 manual transmission makes 406 horsepower at the wheels. That's the one he kept. Yeah. Got that from his dad and that's the one he kept as cuz he still needs a Panther platform in his life. So he's got <laughs> this and swapped out and that one exists too. Craziness. It's great stuff though. Remember Derek with two, two Audi TTs. Not one, not one, but two early Audi TTs. This is the early Audi TTs when 
people that bought them and decided they'd never buy another Audi because they were so wildly unreliable. This is this gen of Audi TT. He owns two of them. Mm-hmm. He has a coupe and a roadster. And I think part of our recommendation was, let's jettison one of those, shall we? Well, he's, he's looking now. Well, he says the, both of the TTs he's got are indeed the Quattro models, both 225 horsepower. The coupe is tuned up to 290 and 290 pa- foot-pounds of torque. His mom's daily driver is an 08 Dodge Avenger RT. He says it's starting to develop some electrical issues. Her birthday, for her birthday, they bought a car together. Ever since his mom was a teenager, she's always loved BMWs. Okay. And so two years ago, when they got that drift car for $500, he's been on the lookout for BMWs for her. He has told her since he was little, Mom, one day I'm going to buy you that BMW you've always wanted. And his mom works very hard, is an absolutely fantastic person. She absolutely deserves this, he says. So the day after her birthday, he showed her a Facebook marketplace listing for BMW. Mm. They checked it out. Later that afternoon, they were buying it. Wow. They split it down the middle with the exception that he does all the maintenance. (laughs) And they got... There will be maintenance. There will be... They got an 03 BMW 525i. Okay. Five series cruiser. And he says now his mom does not need something crazy. He was totally okay getting the six-cylinder version of the car instead of the eight. And with gas prices, he says approaching $5 a gallon, that's a good thing. But get this. They got the car for $2,000. That's astounding. It's a lot of car for the money. However, he then acknowledges what we've said, uh, that um, when you buy a really expensive car, now for really cheap, it will need stuff. And he said, boy, does this need stuff. Mm. But he's got it up on the lift. He's putting it through stuff, and he's actually making it run well, and he knows that it will. So he's excited to do that. And he's also ecstatic about the fact he did get to step into that conversation with his mom and be like, let me help you get this car. And now she has a dream car. He still hasn't dealt with the 2TT problem, by the way. But mom (laughs) has solved the dream car we didn't even know about. Did you notice? that Derek that the problem he just called that the problem Derek thanks for writing Thomas G writes to us with the title dream car achieved okay that's good news he says he didn't have a car debate but wrote not too long ago with ideas of hot hatches and a few lukewarm hatches around 40 to 50,000 Australian dollars okay he's in Australia he was looking at GTIs i30Ns and Mazda 3s well, get this. Turns out he found a beautiful 2015 Golf R for sale through his father's friend. Within three days of seeing the ad, he had looked at the car, had it inspected, and agreed to buy it with money left over. Money left over? That doesn't happen on this show. Yeah, let's see. So you spent thirty-four thousand. Extra money. You had forty to fifty. You had spent thirty-four thousand. That means there's see, you know, there's I'm not good at math, but that's sixteen thousand dollar delta to go get something else. Wow. <laughs> You understand how math works over here. Paul's got you in car number two. <laughs> Telling you. It's ended up being another car debate. Look at that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it's low mileage, only 40,000 kilometers for a six-year-old car. The body and paint in great condition. And the owner he bought it from did a stage one APR engine and transmission tune. He hasn't even bothered looking at golf R's before, thinking they were too expensive or had too high mileage mm-hmm. at his price point. And this is a dream car of his, a realistically affordable dream car. Okay. All and right. And he still can't shake that feeling that, wow, that's my car. That's the best. Jason Smith in Colorado wrote in last year, he says, with a car debate. He's got a conclusion to that. Okay. He says, to recap, he's 36. He's in Colorado, married, no kids. He's owned 22 vehicles in the past, and he's looking for a fun car once again since he's been driving trucks and SUVs for about 10 years. You and I missed the fast lane of car ownership. The number of people like Jason here that write us, that talk about 
how many cars they've had in a tiny period of time. You and I have driven yeah, a lot. We've driven a lot. That kind of makes up for it, Absolutely. Though. But you and I, and until we started this show, we were the kind of guys that bought a car in five, six, seven, ten years later. We were like, I should get another car. Yeah. And, yeah. and many of you out there were like, six months done, six months done, one year done. And, and we, I'm glad we had the chance to catch up, but we apparently took <laughs> the slow boat for a while. That's the only yeah. way we've caught up is driving other press cars. Jason was considering a Supra, a Golf R, a Cayman, an M2, and many others. Okay. The max budget was $60,000. We suggested a BMW 1M, mm-hmm. a manual transmission Cayman or PDK 911, and possibly an Evora. have no idea who brought up oh, the Evora. Yeah, I don't know why that's brought up. All great suggestions, he says. His max budget, again, was around 60000 which would include selling their Forerunner Trail, since they do have a Rubicon. <laughs> Well, he says, throw all that out the window because he didn't buy any of them. Of course, yes. He says, it's funny how life goes sometimes. Yes, indeed. The last few months have been interesting, and he somehow ended up buying a 2013 Mini Cooper S in manual. Okay. He drove it to Mount Rushmore and the surrounding area with a Colorado-Wyoming Mini Cooper group over Memorial Day weekend. Had a blast. Love it. He hit Iron Mountain Road, which is one of his favorite automotive experiences he's ever had. Hmm. And then his better judgment got the best of him. He started to really think about not wanting to spend $60,000 on something and wasn't ready to part with a forerunner. Okay. He just wanted something, you know, anything fun. So a friend let him spend the day driving his 2013 JCW Mini Cooper up in the mountains, and he says, so much fun. If we would have told him, back when he wrote the car debate, <laughs> that he would have bought a used manual Mini Cooper S, he would have laughed. Hmm. But he's having fun with it, spent less than 12K, and he finds himself taking the long way home or just going for a drive because it's fun. Interesting. Okay, great. Apparently on the debate, I mentioned having something that leaves you wanting, and it just kept bringing to mind the whole slow car, fast experience. And one thing he did mention in the debate was wanting a manual, but thought dual clutch was, would be the better choice since his wife would drive it occasionally. But now, this car gives him the excuse to hopefully teach her how to drive a manual. Mm -hmm. And I see you're playing a long game here, Jason, because you're looking at the excuse to get into other manual car purchases down the road. See what you're doing. But he's also discovered something that he doesn't have to be the least bit precious about. Very true. Financially or for whatever reason. And and what I like about this, Jason, is is you've ended up just discovering how much fun driving can be in something that's fun but isn't the ultimate yeah. And you're just enjoying yeah. driving in a way that it feels like you haven't in a while. So if you do step into something better down the line or bigger down the line or something that is more of an actual dream car you had your sights on versus the mini you kind of fell into, then you can hopefully have a, a, an adjusted perception of let's just go drive this thing. Well, it was like the Million Dollar Highway episode. We yeah. were not in our own cars or any desirable, Very Very really yeah, yeah, yeah. great canyon carving mm-hmm. race cars. The drive itself was spectacular. We and were the, still yeah. enjoying it. it and didn't the cars suck. were still great. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yeah. Jason, thanks for writing. Really appreciate it. Glad you're enjoying. He says the Mini is not his dream car but by any means, and he'll probably end up with something else down the road. But it, for now, it's the perfect car. And he says a reminder why we just need to go out and drive something because you never know what you might be interested I in. I love it. I love that. It's so great. The other thing that comes out of Jason's discussion there is the fact that he drove his friend's car. Mm, he wouldn't mm. have considered it. It wasn't on his radar. This is the great thing about if you have a group of friends where you actually can take a fun drive and trade keys, it's so informative. Yeah. The people you yeah. trust that trust you, you can trade keys. This is the whole reason he wound up in that car. Jason, I applaud you. That's great. Michael Wise wrote in with the title, I think I bought a Porsche Boxster. When I first read that, I thought, 
you, you, is it in process? What's, you, <laughs> did, did something you happen? Know, did, you're sort of pregnant. You, how do you know? A family member called you. <laughs> they bought it with your money, but you haven't seen the car yet. Oh, right. how, how did this go? What happened? Well, we helped him on his journey from a soul-sucking Prius to a Mini Cooper S. Cool, like it. This, it. this car, he says, it makes him smile every time he drives it. The issue came up when his 24-year-old son needed a car. Mm. He needed a daily, and he was given a budget of $8,000. So he started looking. He talked to the Minister of Finance, as you do. And she reminded him that you have an $8,000 budget and no more. So giving the Mini away to his son, he's going to buy something for himself for eight grand. And any time he thinks, can I have nine? Nope, you have eight. Well, he found an 03 Boxster with 79,000 miles for 10K, Hmm. two hours from their house in Charleston, South Carolina. By the way, he has eight. He's got eight to work with, and he, I love that you just stepped out anyway and just decided, let's, let's see what's possible, mm-hmm. because you know the answer if you don't try. That's true. That's absolutely true. He decided to call this owner that had this boxer for sale. They ended up talking forever. This owner had replaced the top. He'd replaced the water pump, two things that go bad on those early ones. He had all the service records. He'd been the only owner for the past nine years. They talked cars and driving and love of cars and being car people. They had like, they like bonded over cars, period. So great. And then um, Michael says, I-, I did tell him that, look, I'm very intrigued by your car, but here's the story. Minister of Finance, this is my budget. I have $8,000. I know you're asking 10. I have eight. And this guy said, Essentially, because it's you. Because I know you are already interested. You're clearly a driver. You're going to drive this car. I want it to go to somebody that will love it and take care of it. I will sell it to you for eight. That's fantastic. I I love that that happened because you threw that out there and you were honest. Absolutely, yeah. Everyone knows this is is the hard and fast stop. You got to love car people, as you said, Michael. So congratulations. That's amazing. Your son inherited a 2015 Mini Cooper, and now you've got an 03 Boxster in amazing shape. You remember the email entitled, You Guys Are the Worst? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's from Jim. He wrote in. He says, a little backstory. He's always been into cars and mechanical things, but haven't always been able to afford to have anything fun. He says, you know, family responsibilities seem to get in the way. Mm-hmm. In 2018, he started a new job and doubled his income, which was great. Wow. But the finance manager was always in the way. You might want to not term it quite like that. It's the minister of finance. That way you get the cool car with the flags on the corner. The finance manager sounds like like somebody angry at a cubicle. The minister of finance has a cool car and some some real power. There's French horns that herald the minister of finance's arrival into the conversation. Sometimes there's a convoy. It's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he got a phone call from his cousin. He's got more money than sense sometimes. Says, Jim, I need a favor. He says, come pick up my 911. I don't have a place to park it. Who says that, Jim? Apparently your cousin. (laughs) Well, but I also think what's funny about that is you didn't keep the 911 in your garage and push out something else farther down the totem pole. The 911, the good one that you just bought is the one that, anyway, onward. Yeah. (laughs) Not only were his coworkers green with envy after he picked up a 2017 911 C4 seven-speed manual, the deal was that he could drive the car and he would take care of the maintenance. So his cousin was take care of the maintenance. And so he had that car for a while. Mm. His 80-mile round-trip commute from Long Island to New York City was finally fun. And it was during the major lockdowns when there was yes. no traffic. That finally. works out well, yeah. Well, of course, this reignited his need for a f- kind of fun commuter car. Mm. His Chevy Trailblazer was getting to him. <laughs> Sorry, can you imagine 
the come down that that is. Climb out of the 911. You don't even own, by the way, but you're just driving it for fun. Which is even better. Climb into the 2007 Chevy Trailblazer and be like, wah, wah. Well, in June of 2020, the Porsche went back. And his youngest was ready to drive and needed a car. So instead of buying him a jalopy, he convinced the finance manager, the, the minister of finance. Minister of finance, man. We got to get it right. It was time to get a new car for him. He says he decided after much research, a WRX would fit the bill. It's got a manual. It runs. It can be entertaining. And the price is right. So there he is with a new car and a happy minister of finance. Mm-hmm. In one year, he put over 20,000 miles on the car. He bought winter tires for it. Good for you. It went through five snowstorms without putting a foot wrong. I love it. And then this little paragraph towards the Mm -hmm. end of the email. He says, fast forward to three weeks ago, the Minister of Finance decided it was time for her 2007 Hyundai Santa Fe with 190,000 miles to go away. And she drives a 2021 Alfa Romeo Stelvio in red. In red. Good job. He had to steal the keys to take it for a joyride while she was out with her girlfriends. Because she just wants to drive it all the time. I think that's, that's awesome. Fantastic. That's great. Fantastic. Well done, Jim. Wish you much happy driving. And, you know, a Porsche could still be in your future. Just saying. You still did really well, though. Yeah. We're proud to have Covercraft as a TV and podcast sponsor. Covercraft not only makes the best custom-fit car covers, but also has all the products you need to get ready for car show and travel season. Products like seat covers, dash covers, sunscreens, and more. They're all custom tailored for your vehicles and made with a quality and attention to detail that's been standard for Covercraft since 1965. All of our cars are an expensive investment, from personal fun cars to SUVs to cheap sports cars like our crazy ones right now. Covercraft is focused on protecting the car, SUV, truck, or boat that you love. Whatever cover or sunscreen you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Follow the link from our sponsors page at EverydayDriver.com for high-quality covers that keep your vehicles protected and looking their best. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Austin W. in Michigan is truckless in Michigan. Hmm, that's surprising. Okay. (laughs) Well, he writes to us debating sporty sedans under $10,000, and he'd considered things like the Infiniti G37, the Acura TL, and a diesel BMW 335. As most of his car purchases go, he threw practically out the window when he found a good price on what he really wanted, <laughs> which was a 2004 Cadillac CTSV with 130,000 miles. He got for six grand out the door from a Toyota dealer that didn't want to touch anything over 10 years old. Whoa, that is a lot of car for not much money. No, I love kidding. that it wasn't on his radar at all, and he bumped it and went, I like that. Yoink. I'm going to buy that. I'll take those keys. $6,000. Okay. All right. I mean, that's, now, a, that's an early CTSV. It's not when they were at early. their best. You're right. But, but still, wow. Okay. Well, Austin has worked as a mechanic. He's got a lift at home, which we covet. So the repairs it needed right off the bat were quickly taken care of. Now, I, I can picture what happened. He drove it from the dealer to his house. <laughs> to his lift. Put it on the lift and lifted it immediately. Did that, his own PPI. The first time he parked it was <laughs> on his own lift. Yeah, for sure. Well, in the past year, he's put around 20,000 miles on it, including wow. a Michigan winner. It's such an enjoyable daily, he says, especially, get this, if you ask his almost six-year-old son Hmm. who will randomly hug the car when they get out. Oh, okay. Your your son has questions for Friday's podcast, I think. Yes. The problem is that Austin drives 120 miles a day, Hmm. price of premium only getting higher. He would like to do better than 20 miles to gallon. To the mm. gallon. He says it's also a bit long in the tooth for all the miles That's that he has a lot of miles on. on that car, yeah. It already had a lot when you got it, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Well, his car history includes a lot of diesel pickup trucks for work. 
And after driving nearly all winter in a rear-wheel drive 400-horsepower car in all seasons, he realized he doesn't need the big SUV for most of winter. Revelatory, isn't it? It's so fantastic. To discover you can drive whatever you want in the winter. I mean, he, he didn't even do it on good tires. Yeah. That's what I find even more fascinating. Well, get this. There's another Alfa Romeo Stelvio in the in the community here. All of a sudden, we're talking Stelvios on this podcast. Yeah. Well, his wife recently traded in her Ram for a Stelvio, so that's why they're truckless. Still under Stellantis, though. It's tr- It's all true. one big happy astral family. Yeah, yeah it's oh, really gosh. great. Yeah. He says this isn't a problem for most people, but they own property. He's a carpenter by trade. Their house is constantly getting renovated, updated, and pimped out, or whatever his wife saw on Pinterest. This is the this is the blessing and curse of Pinterest. The number of times my, my wife's been like, have you seen that? I'm like, nope, that's not happening. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not doing that. So if she's the minister of finance to you, what are you to her in terms of house I'm the renovations? Wet, I'm the wet blanket okay, is what I am. I am the there wet blanket. She's like, we could get the note. We're not doing that. That's not, not happening. happening. That looks terrible. I don't like that. Everybody does. I don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm the massive wet blanket when it comes to the house for sure. Well, they also have a 2007 Cadillac Escalade that he's also looking to part ways with. He says the Escalade will go to get replaced with a basic workhorse truck, so his car will do nearly all the driving. Okay, all right. Listen to this. For a change, he's not going to be as cheap. (laughs) I love that he states it that way. (laughs) Yes. Okay, good. All right, going on. You wrote to the right place, Austin. Thank you. He's ready to buy something made in the past decade and pay a reasonable amount of money for it. $6,000 $6,000 for his CTSV. Well, yes. $6,000. That's reasonable, though, but then you put it through the ringer, and it, you've gotten a lot out of it. Yes, but he's he's saying, essentially, let's not buy a car that cheap with that high miles again. Let's let's yeah. let's swing for something a little newer. So the dirty dish rag is gone. He squeezed all the blood out of that turnip. <laughs> he thinks 25000 is a healthy budget, but he spends at least two hours a day driving, so he wants a nice place to be. Mm, so he yeah, says, let's okay. bump it up from there. Max thirty grand for the perfect car. Mm, all right, all right. He's got two kids in front-facing car seats, so four doors is a must. He really loves the power and how light the CTS-V feels, so he's not looking to just go to an appliance on wheels like a Volkswagen ID4 or you know, anything like that. I don't, sure. I don't know who said that out loud. I, I don't know. He's considered a used Tesla Model S. Sure, yeah. He says models with fifty to 70,000 miles are in his price range. That would be a whole new experience. Mm-hmm. He loves his wife's Stel- Stelvio. The Julia gets good gas mileage with the two-liter engine. It does do pretty well, yeah. He's a big fan of the sport back kind of look. He says that caused a deep dive of the Audi A7. It can be had with a turbo diesel that gets close to 40 miles per gallon. The BMW 535 diesel, like the A7, gets incredible mileage with more mm. room in the back seat. And then the 328 diesel BMW is a fuel mileage king, even offered a wagon that would be great for Costco and Home Depot trips. Sure it would be, yeah. But he's not sure if he's ready to go to an EV. The registration cost for them in Michigan is outrageous. Mm. And he says there's the reality that it's an electric appliance with many parts only serviceable by Tesla. Yes, yeah, true, true. He thinks he would like the Julia. But they've already got a Stelvio. Mm-hmm. So, and that Stelvio has that alpha feel. And I want to ask you, Austin, what is that alpha feel? Is that fear? <laughs> what, what is that feel that you mean? No, I don't think it's fear, but I do. I am laughing. Elevated Bravo. heart rate, increased blood funny. pressure, your wallet draining. I'm just curious. A larger car, he says, would be nice for road trips and some extra space between the kids' dirty shoes and on his seat back. But he's not sure how much he'll miss being a smaller car as a trade-off. 
He just has more fun than he should on back roads and on ramps. Okay. And the ability to pass cars quickly on that 10-mile stretch of county road before the highway is probably the most important measure of performance that he will use. Interesting. Okay. All right. He knows spending $20,000 more than he bought the CTS for just to save on gas seems counterproductive, but in the past year, he spent about $5,000 in parts and untold hours mm. working to keep the old cars eating up the miles. Sure. He says it's not just the maintenance, it's the reality of racking up miles on 15-plus-year-old cars with 150 to 200,000 miles. And stuff's wearing out. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing about it, is it's taking your not only your money, but it's also taking your time. This weekend, you're in the yeah. garage again, working on that car again. You aren't with your kids, you're not with your wife, you have to get the car running again. That's a, that's, that has a cost. It doesn't have a budgetary cost, yeah. but it has a cost anyway. It's definitely the family cost, but it's also not a project car. It's not like a labor of love Absolutely and you're working no, on it no. with a It's not know, like the hobby thing. It's, I have to get to work Monday. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, Austin. I see it. He's rebuilt an axle, a transmission, two fuel pumps. Oh, my gosh. Transmission fuel lines and an oil pump. Those are just the repairs that took more than half a day. Mm. He says when the AC stopped working on his drive on a 90-degree day, he decided he's done playing hoopty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, honestly, honestly, we've talked about this before. I, I think I said it in one of our cheap sedan pieces. If you're in a terrible broken down car with an awesome HVAC system, you're perfectly warm or perfectly cold. You are more in the lap of luxury than the guy next to you in the $100,000 whatever whose air conditioner just broke. True. Okay, so yeah. I, I get it, Austin. You lost your air conditioner. You thought, I am done with this. <laughs> Well, Austin is 30. He's had over two dozen less than $10,000 cars okay. that he's at, made money on okay. if they don't count as labor. So he's still struggling a little bit to actually spend a large chunk of money on a car he knows will lose value. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't just want to do impulse purchase either and then regret it. Mm-hmm. He also asks you, Todd, a question yeah, about I want, your I want to son get to that for sure. being attached to the 86. Aside from getting in a lease, do you have any tips for helping a little boy move on from a car that he loves? Because Austin's that he hugs. son hugs that CTSV, and he's thinking about getting rid of it. What does that do to his son? I, Austin, I want to come back to that. I want to talk car recommendations first, but I do want to circle back and tell you what has kind of worked with my son in cars <laughs> right. and see if it might help you as well. Austin, let's spend some money. Glad you wrote. You know that we're going to say get a Kia Stinger. Or get a Genesis G70. They're both on, they're top of my list, those two, for By sure. By the way, Absolutely. that 2022 Genesis G70 is redesigned and on its way. starts at just over $37,000. But it also means he could get a deal on a current one. That's true. And yeah. the, the, and the cur- there's nothing wrong with the current one. I mean, yes the, yes, the redesign is cool, but there's nothing wrong with the current one. Totally. Get a Genesis G70 or Kia Stinger. You wouldn't believe the deals that are possible on those cars. You could get the one tops. new or brand, I mean, brand new or near new. Good uh, reliability, good warranties. And that three, what is it like? Three point six liters or three three? I forget. It's a, their twin turbo V six. Yeah, yeah, has got power. You said your judge is power on the on ramp when you get to pass people. Hey, yes, that will happen. Definitely, I'm all about those two cars for you. And you know how you asked us about struggling to spend a large chunk of money to get a car you'll know will lose reliability. It's peace of mind. Yeah, it's a price it's, it's a, it's at what value, that peace of mind yeah. that I know I have a car that runs. I don't have to work on it this weekend. Yes. I can take the kids. We've got space. It's just going to run. Oh, hey, it's still got a warranty. Well, that's cool, too. Mm-hmm. That's what you're buying. I wonder, and honestly, Austin, I wonder how much of your time you get back. Very true. I do honestly wonder that. Again, because I mean, it's not a, a fantastic project no. car that's going to be this great thing that you don't drive in. You're beating on these cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could get a Mazda 3 sedan with or without the turbo, low 30s. 
A little True. bit small. True, yeah. But I want to move on to the others. My question for you, Austin, is how tall are you? Because mm. you know this accurate TLX that came out? <clears throat> yeah. How tall are you? They start at $39,000. Ooh, we're out of the budget, but keep going. Well, they go all the way to 53 for the Type they S. Do. So, they you know, I have to tell you that first your house didn't burn down. Now, let me tell you, the dog got out. And then it just doesn't seem like such a big deal, right? It's all how you position things. Your house is not on fire. I lost your dog. I'm Everything sorry. is better, but the car's too expensive. It's yeah. all relative. That Type S is 355 horsepower. But the lower one, you talked about power, 272 horsepower. There's also, get this, Volvo. Mm. Your wife has chosen other cool cars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like you're open to the others that are not, not the, the mainstream choices, if you know sure, what I mean, that sure. can be very satisfying to drive. A 2019 and newer Volvo S60 T5 and T6 Momentum are all under $30,000. Mm. Found you a 2019 T6 Momentum with 6,371 miles for under $30,000. That's a good one. I like it. It's practically new. 316 horsepower. Yeah. The T5 goes down to 250 horsepower, so you don't get the turbocharger and the supercharger. You just get the turbo. <laughs> but still, you would have a great car. They're fun to drive. They're excellent cars. Sweden, the land of one engine. Tell <laughs> It's just it's what we do in Sweden. All we the make, boost goes on this one, one engine. engine. <laughs> our boats for the summertime, our generators, all it's all one engine. Yep. 2016 and newer Jaguar XF. There's loads of these for under $30,000 with less than 30,000 miles. 32K for a 2018 with 8,000 8, miles. But then you could also consider the Jaguar XE 2018 and newer. Loads of them under $30,000. They weren't bought very well and they and nobody has a, a desire to buy a used one. Just They're saying, just out there. You just need a sedan, something decent to drive, mm-hmm. comfortable. Mm-hmm. You spend time in it, good to look at. And you're putting the miles on. It's not like your baby. Well, Mazda 6. Mazda 6 is excellent. Those are even less. Yes, Mazda 6. You can I mean, notice I'm spending all your money, Austin, yeah, but you could spend I, less. But no, Mazda 6 is a really good option now. It's, it's not the rear-wheel drive bias stuff like the Genesis and the Stinger that I mentioned, but Mazda 6 is genuinely good to drive. Those are excellent, And a great too. place to be, and that is just ready for you to pile miles on. And you punch it, it's got some power. It's yeah, got it does. some good power. Any Cayenne for thirty grand. In my search, I found an 07 Mercedes CLS 63 AMG. Oh, gosh. With 28,000 miles for only 28.9. There it is. Walk away. I mean, just, sorry. I'm just yeah. saying they're mm-hmm. out there yeah. as our 2004, or 2004 Phaeton W12, 111,000 miles oh my for 14.9. I'm just saying they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're out it there. Exists. <clears throat> it exists. It exists. You shouldn't do that, but it does exist. <laughs> and finally, Austin, Dodge Chargers are large. I'm just saying. Yeah, lots of space there. Austin, let's let's talk about your son for a second. He loves this CTSV, and you know it's going. You don't want to break your son's heart. That's, That's just, hard. That's that just really rips hard. me thinking about it. My son keeps connecting with the fun cars we have. I'll give you two as examples. Well, actually, I'll, I'll go back. I've told this story before. When I sold my Saab 92X, I didn't know he was attached. He was and, young, And that too. was when it really wrecked him because he didn't get until it was leaving the driveway Mm. and he was like but i wanted a last ride and and he was you're right he was young i wanted a last ride i want some pictures with it and i just completely missed that opportunity and it wrecked him and i kept thinking it's a sob 92x it's a perfectly fun hatchback but what but he had embedded with it which is cool okay so with the with the 86 with spot the mini and with the lancer the 86 and the lancer the ones i'm gonna really bring up yeah. He actually really liked both those cars. Really? And so, Austin, what I'm going to say to you is this. You need to explain to your son that the CTSV is going. It, it, it's something that your time with it, 
explain reasons or don't explain reasons, but your time with it is ending. And that will keep happening. Explain to him it's not this car. Your, your time with cars will continually be ending. He's probably seen that a little bit in your life anyway already. But your time with this car is coming to a close. And, and you can explain to him that it's not, there's nothing wrong with it necessarily. It's not like it's a bad car, but this, this time period is ending. So explain that first. Then, key thing, explain that it doesn't mean that there won't be other cars that he will like. There will be more fun cars coming. That has been the biggest thing with my son, is explaining to him this isn't the end of cars you will like. And he's past that now. He's 11. But when he was 6 or 7, that was a big turning point. It was like, buddy, there will be something else fun. So so let's let's understand that there'll be a new experience that we'll also like. It's just this one is ending. Mm-hmm. And once he realized there was something else coming, then I noticed that already started to shift the conversation into oh, so what does that mean, Dad? So what car are we talking about? So so you were able to trans he was able to transition that interest a little bit. But then in both cases, the eighty six, the FRS that I had, and the Lancer, I needed to give him time with the car. Hmm. In the case of the FRS, the day before I sold it, before it was going away, I picked him up from school in it. And I said, all we're going to do this afternoon is just go for a drive. Just you and me in this car. Let's just mm-hmm. take some time. Mm-hmm. And we did a drive on a really good road. And we got out at a really nice place. We took a bunch of photos. By the way, I found these photos of the day. And my son is like twice the size as he was then. It was crazy. Had one of those <laughs> moments. I was like, he's lots smaller there. Anyway. Um, <laughs> he grew. Yeah, yeah. Big time. It's crazy how they do that. Um, but we got to a really nice overlook where I would typically take nice pictures for the show. And I just said, climb in. Climb out, climb all around it, sit in the driver's seat, stand by where you want. Tell me the photos you want. Mm. And we did that. That's cool. And then I said, and we took some time and I said, all right, are you, are you good enough? Can we, can we move on? Can we close this chapter? And he was like, okay, I think so. So that was good. The Lancer was broken when it left. (laughs) The Lancer. It was indeed. Wrecked its engine, sat at our mechanic and got towed away in that form. But he liked it. Now I still liked it too, but he liked it and he was bummed he didn't get a last ride or anything like that. So I took him one day. The, I think the mechanic thought I was insane. I took him one day with me when I was getting my stuff out of the car before he sold it. And I just said, buddy, this is my last chance to see in the car. It's your last chance too. I have this photo, but I don't even know if I've showed it to you, Paul. That's crazy. He sat in the driver's seat sullen. Did he, he just really? just sat there all sad because he was having his last opportunity with the car, but he knew we, we couldn't drive it, and we, he knew it was broken. So I just let him, and and I'll, and I'll be honest, because I was already in the midst, headspace-wise, of it's leaving and all the logistics of it leaving and leaving a car that didn't have an engine, all this kind of, I was in those logistics. Right, right. And I had to kind of step outside of myself and just be like, I need to just give him time to mourn. Mm. And so he just sat in the driver's seat, and I've got a photo of him, like, head down in his big jacket, I mean, just mourning You're mourning the, the dollars exactly, Well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. I had <laughs> different issues. So I just, I let him sit there huh. and just have his time with the car, but understanding that Bummer that this car's leaving. There mm-hmm. will be something else. I think those are key elements, Austin. And I, I let us know how that navigation goes for sure. Do you think your son has been influenced by the fire hose spray of press cars that come at us, that come into our lives and then leave a week later? Because there's so many cars now leaving. Has he been reconditioned or has his meter been reset by that at all? Or is it still, he definitely has that divide between those are just cars that belong to the manufacturers. He, he, he has a divide. Personal. He has a divide. He does. Yeah. He, he, okay. He, so he, there's, the importance has remained is what yes, I'm saying. Yes, because he, he stays remarkably clinical about press cars. 
He does. We'll get okay. in and we'll take him to scuba. He's like, okay, so what is this? He, he explained it. Like, and so what is this? Fine when it leaves and, and all that and he, stuff. And he's crazy enough now that he'll open up the glove box and pull out the Monroney and look at look at the Monroney. I mean, he's he's oh he's gosh. yeah. He works for the show. Oh my god. Anyway, so it's very funny. But so he he separates the fact that this is a car that's here for work, if you will, and okay. this is a car that we own. I'll give you a great example. Shane has the Phaeton. Mm-hmm. In Washington, D.C., our Phaeton is now with Shane. Right, right. Uh, Shane, please don't send it back. Uh, my son, anytime <laughs> anything about Washington, D.C. gets brought up, like we talk about, <laughs> we should go and, and like show him the Capitol, all this kind of stuff. He's like, we should see the Phaeton. He's still embedded with that car. He still wants to see it again. He still wants to ride in it again. We could see the monuments or the Phaeton. Yeah, exactly. We're going to go to Washington, D.C. for the Phaeton. I know that Shane's about to write me and even be like, come on, let's come see it. <laughs> but I'm also terrified that one day that's just gonna, there's going to be a truck backing down my driveway that's just going to dump the Phaeton back in my drive. Shane is not don't, above that. Don't, I know. Don't do that to me, sir. But, but he still likes that car. And the fact that the funny thing is the fact that he knows where it went keeps that car in his mind. It's very funny. Fantastic. When your car needs new brakes, and it will, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance for something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation, from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking with no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes. That includes the pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need new brakes or simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. Todd and I even found great kits for our SUVs and cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. On to questions. Uh, Wilvin80 asks me, he said, I, I complain about the Civic SI rev hang. Is that a worst case example? He said he noticed the rev hang on the 86 twins. I don't remember it in that car. He said, he said uh, admittedly, he thinks it may have just been his driving. I don't remember that being an issue with that car. Rev hang yeah. on the 86, I feel like that one's actually no, pretty good. That. The Civic in general is bad, including the SI, but I will give you the worst offender. I know it's coming. <clears throat> the worst offender. <laughs> is the Volkswagen Jetta. Yeah. The because, GTI is pretty bad. Because it, it doesn't just have rev hang. It has an increase. You are lifting your foot off the throttle. You put in the clutch, and the revs climb. <laughs> yeah. And they, they climb. They and it's not... And here's the thing. It's not just the lower-level ones. We had a GLI. That, that test drive is coming. That one did it, too. It's also not a feature. No, it's It's trying not. to help you shift. It's not really... Now, it, admittedly, admittedly, this is something that it only does it when you're driving it hard. If you're driving it, you know, normal commute, like mm-hmm. stop and go mm-hmm. speeds, let's be honest, that's what it's tuned for. It, it, rev hang is one thing. When the revs are climbing, uh, you've reached a whole other level of what is going on here. Wow. Let's see. Questions. There's many. Thank you, guys. Uh, infamous Ray Ray Jebediah Jones asks. That's a great one. If we want to keep any of the cars we test drive, Hmm. we would have kept one of the Corvettes. I have this thing that I've explained to you, and now Todd (laughs) really gets it. Uh When a press car comes into our life, or a privately owned car, and we drive it, and we're with it, and we love it, and it's great, Mm -hmm. and shoot it for TV, I cannot wait for it to leave my life. I cannot wait. Once we've gotten everything we need from it, I do see your point. I just want it to go away, because... The way we treat cars is this is as if they're ours. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we're driving them hard and fast, but we do that to our own cars. Yeah, for sure. And so it's another burden in my life to think, well, what if it gets scratched, or the windshield gets chipped mm-hmm. or anything happens to it, or I got to maintain it or ooh, tire wear, or whatever. Like I said, we're driving it and there's normal wear and tear. There is yeah, all of, of that. Course, yeah, and yeah. our press fleets are very aware of that stuff happens to cars and they're very good to us. They're very good to us, mm-hmm. but we also have to be good to them. Mm-hmm. And if something genuinely happens, they're like, hope you guys are okay. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a car. Yeah. But it, it's this added like, ooh, I, I, it's another car in my, in my orbit, in yeah. our orbit it, we have, for two days or three days mm-hmm. or a week. Or we feel long. responsibility even though the car for us has passed its usefulness. Yes. We've done everything we need, but it's lingering for a couple of days, which means we're still responsible while it sits still. And I think what happens yeah. is there's also that act of God thought in the back of your head is like, what if the garage collapses? I mean, <laughs> right. it's, it's not going to, but what if the garage collapses? I mean, I, I, yeah. I hope the spring in the garage door doesn't suddenly fail and smash the wire through the glass. That could, that never happens. Why would that happen? <laughs> Ever. Extra responsibility. I do see that. I mean, there have been a few press cars so that nerve-wracking. I didn't want to see go. Well, sure. But at sure. the same time, I'm we're, we're blessed by the fact more cars are coming and we own fun cars. So that, that does temper it a bit. I did really like the C8 convertible. It was good. That was very good. I was good. thinking of recent ones. That was definitely a very good one. Boulders2021 on Twitter asks, do we think if left to its own devices, so he's talking no outside influence, no uh, tax credits, no legislation, left to its own devices, do we think the automotive market would shift because the consumer would shift to only buying EVs, electric vehicles, in the next 10 to 15 years? No, I do not. I just, I, I think... All the legislation, the infrastructure, all this kind of stuff. Look, I'll go another step. If Tesla had not made the splash they've made, it still wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. They have, they have, they are revolutionizing the industry. I still don't think we're all going to be in EVs in 15 years. I don't think that's going to be the case. Even with all of the pressure that is happening from all of the different fronts simultaneously, there's just so many other layers and difficulties to this. I don't think it's going to happen that fast, but. Honestly, the reason that automakers are changing this fast is because of those outside forces. And without it, let's be honest, if we hadn't had the gas crisis of the 70s, Mm -hmm. do we think that American automakers would have thought, we should make something small and efficient? (laughs) No. Because we had the gas crisis combined with the fact that small, efficient cars started showing up from Japan. Those two forces revolutionized the American car industry. Yeah. Otherwise, sure. we'd be. We, can you imagine how big a Cadillac Eldorado would be in 2021 if the gas crisis hadn't changed everything? <laughs> that that would make that would make like an Escalade look like. Well, keep trying, you'll get big one day. <laughs> right. You know, a V series Eldorado. They'd have huh. like a V16. Yeah, it'd be like a two seat bench with like 15 feet of hood and 15 feet of tail and two people in the middle. Yeah, because gas is cheap. <laughs> It's so true. Xanu Bizex asks, if electric cars are going to be the future, do we think electric motorcycles will take off? And if so, will they have to make noise so drivers can hear them like electric cars for the Pikes Peak Hill Climb? Well, electric cars, almost since the beginning, well, modern revolutionized electric cars since the mid-90s, we'll say, have had noises embedded in them. That early Fisker karma had that weird noise that hum noise above mm-hmm. 20 or below 25 yeah, miles an yeah, hour. for sure i mm, i don't think electric motorcycles are going to take off because 
whatever the powertrain is, they're still in the fun category, even though people mm. do commute on them and they, you know, they are useful, but certainly not in the U S the U S market is different than Europe as far you don't, as you don't think it'll be a successful thing. I, based on the reception, the Harley Davidson Livewire has had, I'm not sure people are like, yeah, this is a cool novelty. I'm going to go get a real bike. Maybe I, I think, I think they've got a shot at it. There's a we'll shot, see. but as far as widespread adoption, yeah. I think it's going to be even more toy-like novelty usage than ever before mm-hmm. because electric cars now are good. Teslas have great range. Yeah, the thing what is... What is a bike going to have? You're right. The interesting point there is the fact that, yeah, range is an excellent question on a bike because where do you put all the that batteries? puts it in toy category, You're right. not, okay, we can tour this southwestern United States on this thing. Maybe. An interesting point that you're making here is the fact that, let's be honest, one of the benefits to motorcycles, besides I know that they're fun and people like riding them, but a place like Los Angeles, the reason people drive motorcycles is because great gas mileage and they can fit lots of places. But Rockstar parking downtown. If, if your EV yeah. has Rockstar special lanes it can use and Rockstar parking because it's an EV mm-hmm. and is every bit as efficient and fast as your motorcycle would be, why do you need a bike? True. Interesting thought. Just, just for the fun of it, which comes back to the toy-like usage of it. Yeah. Charlie K NYC asks if we ever get into a shoot and think we've got to double back on this someday and make a feature. Mm. Yes, all the time. How many of these open tabs do we have on our desktop or in our minds? Do we, you know, so to speak, Charlie, I will let you in on a little secret. And that Uh-oh. is we have a Google Drive Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> we do. That is maintained with ideas and it is long. We do. Now, there's a separate thing, though. I mean, for me to start thinking feature film, it's going to need to be the better part of 10 cars. And we don't have a lot of those ideas because the scale of those ideas is so massive. Three or four cars, that's TV or possibly a special YouTube thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, when, we, when we bump into an idea where a car bumps into like, well, but then we should bring this and we should bring that. And suddenly it's like eight cars. Mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. are the feature film ideas. And yes, those happen often. But I will say, but, but here's the flip side. I will say, like, we just, the reason you're asking this question is we just shot a 90s Heroes piece with the Supra and the RX-7 and the 300ZX from the 90s. Yes. It's going to be about a 20-minute TV episode. While shooting that, I was never thinking, we should come back and do these and do it longer. No, no. Yeah, that's right. gonna be It's, it's right. going to be about the right length. I mean, the perfect world, I'd probably make that be 30 minutes instead of 22 for TV, but I'm not going to revisit it. But if it was like, all of the heroes of the 90s, and it's 12 cars. Yeah, that's a feature film. Right. Well, there's the RX-7. We'll say, let's do generations of the RX-7. Well, there's three. Okay, we can include the RX-8. Well, now we're getting to all the rotaries, so let's go backwards. Let's start with the Cosmos and do all the... Ro- no. No, no. Everyone that Stop. loves rotaries would buy that film twice. Right. And we still wouldn't make our money back. Right. Thank you, as always, for all your great questions. Yeah, for sure. As a reminder from the top of the podcast, the next episode will be focused on all those crazy car questions that kids ask you that you don't know how to answer. We will do our best to field that featuring Todd's son. He's going to be reading some of the questions and providing a voice, and I think he'll have some opinions, too, which I'm actually looking forward to. He will have many opinions. It might be his podcast, yeah. (laughs) We we know already that's coming, but post up your questions, and if you missed it, let us know how you like it, and uh, hopefully you get a chance to listen to it in the future. But I, I originally thought this could be around like a school year, end or beginning of a school year, mm-hmm. but why not Father's Day? Yeah. So, fantastic. Guys, thank you for all your questions on social media. Write to us your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.